0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Um, welcome back to People and Penny. Um, my name is Norma and I'm your host for this season. So on today's episode of the podcast, we have with us, drumrolls, please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, I'm Florentina Ago. Okay, hi. Um, Please, can you tell us about your business? Okay, I'm Florentina Ago. I'm the founder of Hatumba Fashion. Hatsumba Fashion is a sustainable women's wear brand. Um, we make clothes for for women <laughs> and men who like women's wear.
0: <laughs> okay, that's great to hear. Um, so um, to just, just um dive um right into it, right? Um, how old is Hatsumba Fashion?
1: Hatsumba is actually two years old No, That's yeah. that's.
0: That's big strides for a two-year-old company because I've seen some of what um, Hatumba has done. I've seen some of your pieces and I've seen like people that you've styled and all of that. So like that's like really, really big growth for, for a brand that's two years old. So um, just um, walk me through the conception of Hatumba, like how did Hatumba come about?
1: Okay, so, I mean, I would say I've always been interested in fashion because I went to, I took, like, fashion, I mean, dressmaking classes at, like, 13. But I've just always been interested in colors. And um, so the way my brain works, I only learn via colors. Like, I would remember what conversation we had when Mm -hmm. I remember what dress you were wearing, what color you were wearing. So, you know, I've always just been interested in fashion Mm -hmm. like that. But in uni... I decided to change my style in maybe 300 level when I I actually became like my faculty president. So I just felt like the need to dress more presidential. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I feel like my whole life just changed when I decided to do that because... You know, people would just address me exactly how I wanted to be addressed. You know, I would, you know, be able to flow smoothly into any conversation, walk into any room. And I really liked the way that made me feel. And when I was done with uni and, you know, I worked for a few years, I decided, you know, I definitely want more women like i want what i have for like more women i just want women to dress you know in a way that makes them feel so powerful and you know so empowered and just makes them feel like they can conquer the world and can they can walk into any meeting get any contract you know just dominate the whatever industry they are in i mean yeah.
0: So um safe to say that um Hatsumba was just really, really born out of just really wanted you wanted women to be able to make a statement what they were always wearing. Okay. Um that's um really great to hear. So um when you were doing your first um collection for Hatsumba, um aside just um wanting to make sure that women felt powerful in the pieces that they'll be wearing, what influenced your creative
1: process? And your design process for the collection. Okay, so our first collection was actually called Action Lady Collection, which I know is very, you know, very direct. And, you know, I mean, I feel like it was really inspired by my aunties. So, like, growing up, I had, like, some aunties who were just those girls. Like, you know, they just walk in and you just want to listen to what they have to say you know they show up and they just show out and I, that's what I wanted that collection to be so i think it was seven pieces and i just thought of okay on monday tuesday what, let's say you do a full week of looking your absolute best yeah this is what you want to be wearing every day of that week and you know that was that was basically how, it.
0: how did the collection do how's the reception for
1: it it did well it did well but i feel well it did well But because we're sustainable, two things happened. So one, there were some pieces where we couldn't have enough of because, I mean, with sustainable fashion, we try not to like mass produce or like just print fabric in China and have like 12,000 years of fabric that we cannot use. And at the end of the day, everything goes to landfill and, you know, all of Mm -hmm. that. So we try to use only what is available. Um, So that actually, I mean, backfires sometimes because they're like, outfits that there was a dress that could have been like a really big hit but we didn't have enough of the fabric so after maybe 30 pieces that was it you know but we still had like a piece that was i mean viral and that's i mean till today is still our best seller Mm -hmm. um that's like the coat of many colors so for some reason women just decided this was going to be like their birthday dress. <laughs> so till today, every day, we have somebody other that piece for their birthday. We have like so many birthday shoots, you know, with that outfit. And, you know, it just became like because of many colors birthday outfits for nigerian women and nigerian women in diaspora and i mean even some men have actually used it for their birthday (laughs) as well and i i can't even say i know why i can't (laughs) blame them the women's fashion is actually very beautiful
0: so they want to get a piece of the action
1: yeah i mean and it's it was really colorful and you know i feel like that whole period with everything that was going on in the world people just wanted some Color, you know, people just wanted something that, you know, spark joy in their lives, oh, yeah. and maybe it just did that for them.
0: Okay, that's great to hear. So, um, you've mentioned now that you're a sustainable fashion brand. So, I mm-hmm. want to know what influenced that decision to become um sustainable, because some people just mass produce because they feel oh it's going to be cheaper for me to just buy a ton of this fabric and mm-hmm. just dump it and all of that. So, what influenced the decision for you to say okay, I want to make this fashion brand a sustainable clothing like?
1: I mean I feel like two of the most important things in my life I'll say three is I love I love animals I'm a mm-hmm. feminist and I'm an environmentalist okay. so I'm really concerned about the environment like I'm just really concerned about what we would have you know in a few years from mm-hmm. now I mean from from the days before even before I was in school I was just you know conscious about the little I could do to ensure yeah. that our our earth is safe and you know, when I was going into fashion, I was doing a lot of research. I did research for like two years before I even started the brand. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. research, researching all the ways I could go into fashion, all the things I could do with fashion, all, you know, just all of that, the impact I could make and all of that. And, you know, I found out that the fashion industry was actually one of the biggest contributors to Global waste, and wow. you know, of course, that was definitely you know contributing to global warming. And I still loved fashion, but I wanted a fashion brand that would not, that would make little to no contribution to that to that whole situation, you know. But I thought about the many ways I could do it. So sustainability is really broad, right? I yes. mean, there are many ways to go about it. And to be honest, nobody can be hundred percent sustainable. I yeah. mean, even in your day to day life um so i just thought looked at i looked at the sdgs i looked at like the different ways that we can actually implement some sort of sustainability with the brand okay let's say we want to make a leather piece you know do we want to actually go for like plastic that is not going to be biodegradable then again do we still want to have to have animals dying just because we want people to wear clothes yeah where's the middle ground you know for what will still look good still be durable but you know maybe biodegradable okay let's look at our packaging how can we use very minimal plastic in our production so today we're lucky i mean after years of research we've been able to like come up with like our shopping bags and our shopping packs that are biodegradable so i mean at least you know that even if you can we actually encourage customers to reuse it but if you cannot reuse it to, I mean, to maybe the maximum level, when you actually discard it, it will actually, you know, be yeah. degradable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we also try to upcycle our wastes, which is one of the most amazing things about the coat of many colors. Mm-hmm. So the coat of many colors is actually, like, from waste products. So, like, Yeah so when we make clothes we have a lot of pieces of fabric you know like um tiny little excess yes. pieces when you're cutting the sleeve there's just pieces you cannot save and then other brands also have that as well so we just try to collect like all of the ankara prints waste that we were producing and then mm. some from other brands and then we'll put it together of course that could have meant that we would have issues with other people copying our design and, but yeah, we're able easy. to still have like some parent fabric that gives it that signature look where every coat of many color is different, yeah. but, it's, if you see the ones from Hatumba, you're going you to, because, I mean, because it was viral, we had a lot of people and mm-hmm. brands copy it. you know <laughs> it was it was really uh, it was something but because we had those parent prints that only us had but we're adding those extra waste fabric and then using it to make that piece we were able to create something that still had that signature okay.
0: so i want to ask now um you mentioned now that since code of colors went really viral and people tried to copy and all of that like how did that make you feel as you know a designer like Oh my god, god i did something, something and then people are just, just out here yeah. copying my work yeah. and i'm not okay. getting anything for it so, so how, how did you navigate that period or how are you still navigating it, navigating it? because well, for all we know so somebody
1: has screenshotted it. something you designed yeah. and gave it to their killer on the street yeah so I mean, I feel like in the first month of the bra like first month we started, I already started seeing like you see something, something clothing or something, something fashion, follow us, you know? Yes. I mean, that's you already know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you already know there's screenshots going down oh and everything, you know. So I, I mean that made me aware of that. So apart from the cut of many colours, with the other designs, especially with those that had prints, I really did my best to make sure that we're finding the most rare prints like really mm. where if we don't have it then it's nowhere else yeah i mean and you know vintage pieces like vintage fabric you know maybe 40 yards 50 yards mm. 100 you, we would hardly ever find those but maybe 60 yards of vintage fabric where you know that you're you know it's probably the last of it yes. and you know still put it together in a way that makes it unique but when I first found out people were copying, it was actually like my boyfriend at the time who sent me. He wasn't even Nigerian. He wasn't in Nigeria. And it was actually a what I ordered versus what I got situation. Oh my God, so they this, always
0: end up in that.
1: <laughs> this person, not in Nigeria, had seen the um the the jacket and then sent it to somebody in nigeria and you know told them they want so the person of course made them what they could and you know the the person put the two pictures together it was really like a funny situation (laughs) and and you know it it, i mean i've even had like some young girls who are just trying to start fashion actually copy because of many colors and even tag us and be like oh inspired by this and all of that was just Sometimes I felt complimented, you know, I felt like, okay, maybe I've actually done something here because like people are copying this. Okay, maybe something. I think I I was only hurt once when it was like a designer that was even bigger than us, you know, somebody who had been doing it for like a long time. And when I saw her copy down to the styling, you know, and everything, you know, I felt really hurt by that. I felt like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, you don't even need this. So why would you do this? You know? But apart from that, it's been like, I mean, I, I pray I'm always able to create things that people feel inspired by.
0: Okay. Um, I also want to still ask another question about um sustainable fashion, right? Would you say that trying to make sure that the pieces that you create, you can find like or source materials that would be sustainable to make them, would you say that it affects your creative process for your pieces? Because now maybe, you know, the way the mind works, right? You might have this idea in your head. But when you're trying to like source sustainable fabrics for it, it might just be like, oh, it's not going to come out the way I thought it was going to come yeah. out. So would you say that um be throwing the sustainable roots has influenced your creative process when it comes to the feats you
1: make? Absolutely. Absolutely it has because I mean the my my freedom is limited. But it's mm-hmm. also limited by the fact that I mean, it's like architecture, for example. When you're an architect, but you don't build houses at all, yes. you can draw like a house that has a circle on top with a curved goat on that. You know, you just your imagination can <laughs> run wild. wild. But when you're actually involved in production process and sourcing fabric, I mean, your imagination just kind of, you know. Nah. Yeah, I mean, I do see sometimes, I even I observe the limitation in my creativity. I mean, compared to, say, Anisei Miyake, who is like, you know that he was just designing whatever he could dream of. I mean, and I do dream of my designs, most of them. And I know the ones that I can actually end up making and the ones that I cannot make. And mm-hmm. But these days, I try to get fabric before I Design sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I find fabric that I'm drawn to, or that I find that is unique, then I find, you know, I just try to create what I'm going to do with them.
0: Okay, I think that's that. That's
1: really smart, right? You know, make
0: yeah. the make the design about the fabric mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just making a design and then trying to find a um, fabric that blends in. Yeah. Um. So, um, been is two years old, but. You know? If you see the brand, or at least from what I've seen on social media, you wouldn't even know it was two years old. you think it was a household name because mm-hmm. you've had people like Nancy <laughs> where your pieces, Funke, um, Akindili, and mm-hmm. so many, a host of other celebrities. Mm-hmm. So I want to understand how you navigated growth for Hatumba. Like, what was that thing for you? For some people, it's being able to build a community already in fashion and all of that. So I really wanted to know what was your growth game plan for Hatumba when mm-hmm. you started?
1: Okay, um... mm. This I feel like this is one of <laughs> one <laughs> one of my biggest secrets. Oh. But I mean I'll share you us, yes, you agree <laughs> us. Everybody should listen to this part. Yes, yes. I feel like if you listen and you <laughs> run with it, you probably, you know. I mean, for some reason, even though I've always been genuine, I've always believed in the power of social capital. Mm. And I mean it's not something I was born with, right? Yes. But I've always understood that organically I have to build that and that's a currency that you know I should I should have so i mean when i came to when i moved to lagos i knew i was going to go into fashion but i didn't start working in fashion i didn't start that Mm -hmm. i actually went to real estate because i felt like marketing real estate i was definitely going to like meet a lot of people build my social capital have because i mean i moved to lagos i didn't have co-workers who was i going to sell my clothes to nobody so i was building my social media and then i was building my social capital in real life as well so i was meeting people meeting women you know going to church i would dress my best i mean yes. i still i think I's, i've sold more clothes in church because <laughs> i know the second i'm walking out of church Definitely. there's going to be women walking behind me like hi I love graphic. Graphic. yes you know so i just had those things at the back of my mind and i was i was a bit deliberate about it do you understand i didn't really go after anybody mm. um Because, I mean, I feel like maybe I have the privilege of being a tall person. So, as a tall person, people kind of gravitate towards you. I don't know. So, I mean, I would just go where I want to be seen. And then people would just literally do the job for me. (laughs) You know? And, I mean, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I have a fashion brand, you know, and all of that. And... I mean that was basically it and you know at first i even used to like model my pieces i think some of my most almost uh, viral content have been like when i wore like the pieces like there was a video we had like during the whole lockdown period of course i couldn't have models over or anything yes. so i just wore like a bunch of our pieces and it just went viral like on wow. instagram and twitter and everywhere and you know people people just you know started buying of course it's 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 um it's a strategy that is not something that can keep you going forever yes but for for that first push you know how people some people feel like they need a lot of capital some i feel like i did not think financial capital was something i really needed a lot of in the Mm -hmm. beginning Mm -hmm. i felt like social capital was more important for me at the beginning stage of the business yeah i
0: think think that that's what like a lot of businesses need to learn to capitalize on Mm -hmm. and actively work towards building. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to sell to people, not trees, not stones and um all of that. So um social capital, yes, we've got that. So I I, I just wanted to know, right, what is like one of your biggest talents running Hatsumba so far? Because I know that business in Nigeria, of all countries, is no smooth sailing journey. So I just really want to get, get some, some insight into
1: some challenges, challenges that have really just been like there. oh my god i'm mm-hmm. going to navigate this two of our biggest challenges so far first of all it was like when we started getting like international recognition it was how to sell to the international market not mm-hmm. we have a website and everything but there were issues every day payments failure mm-hmm. this like and you know how sometimes i'm actually confused about how passionate people are about buying from us because they would it will send messages they'll be like oh my god i can't pay what's going on mm-hmm. what's wrong you know we we'll have we had to change like the, um, the payment platform we're using we had to try to use paypal of course for nigeria you it was a challenge of course and i'll add the government because mm-hmm. Even one time we came up with the idea to integrate like um, Bitcoin payment and and the next like the next day they banned <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> it was like nope,
0: you Don't know. Do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought I found a solution. I was so happy that we we're going to make the announcement and all of that, but that did not work. So that was that's actually one major challenge we faced, and of course, people management mm. because people. for fashion we're doing production. We actually also produce for some other fashion brands, yeah. so. I have to manage a lot of people, you know, from tailors to day-to-day staff, you know, production and all of that. It's it's actually, yeah, it, it has to be maybe the second biggest challenge. Even though now I feel like I've hacked it, I know how to manage all the people I currently have. Mm-hmm. But you know, when new people come, new challenges and all of that. But yeah. those are two major challenges that we've faced so far. Okay, so I, I want to talk about,
0: more about the people management part. As a business, what would you say is like one of the most important things to look out for when you're hiring? Because I feel like some businesses that are making that transition into needing like extra hands mm-hmm. always have this issue of, oh, the people I'm hiring, they're the ones that are spoiling my business. Mm. It's like I keep trying and then it's just like everything is going to be waste. So what
1: would you say is the number one thing that you look out for when you're trying to hire people to join the brand? Yeah. So, I mean, I do have an eye for people. Cause, I mean, I've always called myself a people collector. Like, I, <laughs> I have, like, some of the collect- coolest people in my corner. But for hiring... I just look out for passion. It doesn't have to be passion for fashion, passion yes. for anything. You know, I just need to know that you're passionate about something. Cause I feel like if you're passionate about something, you would understand what we're trying to do here with the brand. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> even from tailors who might not be literate, you know, to actual like um, managers and all of that. I just try to sense, get their sense of passion, what they're passionate about. Like, just the sense of humanity, because yes. I do meet some people who do not have that human element. I don't know how, <laughs> but there's just this lack of humanity. I just want to hear, I mean, even if you're passionate about bags yeah. or people or chickens or just something, just <laughs> yes. give me something, you know? And I mean, once I get that, I feel like the other parts of the interview is just, you know, just yeah. doesn't really matter, you know? Yeah.
0: Um. So, um, yeah, we're wrapping up already um what would you say has been like a you are doing well moments for you ever yeah. since you've been running
1: her mm. <laughs> mm. i mean we've had a couple of those so for um i feel like a lot of collections we dropped they would be like a hit piece i really wanted a collection that would have like Oh, pieces. Yes. Back. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think we got that with one of our collections, The Future of Color, where it was like, okay, every piece did well. Mm-hmm. Um and then I feel like when we get... So for Hatumba, we also have like a non-profit part of it where we, we actually donate a part of our profits to adult education for... That's really great. Yes, for older women. So it's like, okay, we are empowering women to wear these clothes. Mm-hmm. Wh- women who can afford these clothes, but there are women who cannot even afford food. Yes. So from there, from, from the money we get from women who can afford the clothes, we actually kind of support women who cannot afford with education. Yeah. So that subsequently they can provide for themselves their families and maybe even buy from us you know (laughs) so um we've actually seen some of those women graduate you know we've seen some of them go on to do well in their business as well and those are actually moments when they call me and they're like oh you know, I ah, see you. Oh, I did this, this, this today. Yeah. You know, because I also talk to them. I'm like, okay. I also talk to them about using social media. I don't care mm-hmm. what you're selling. If you're selling Gary, put it on TikTok. Like, <laughs> dance with your Gary. Oh, your-
0: know. <laughs> I'm cool with my women <laughs> like that. Like, I just, yes. I just need
1: more women growing and having money. You know. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, I have what some of them call me and like, it's like, okay, this went well. Ah, I posted my gallery on Facebook. Oh, huh. ha. Do you know okay. that somebody oh, ordered oh. them bags <laughs> in Potakot? I'm like, oh ah, really? That's great. So those are actually moments where I feel like, ah, maybe I'm doing something.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> my heart is so warm. I yeah. happy about
1: that. Okay. So um final question.
0: um I just want to hear what has been your biggest lesson so far? What have you learned? really
1: not so bad because for you yeah what i've learned is that there i mean whatever you're doing let let it just have some sort of meaning mm-hmm. like let it make people feel something mm-hmm. you know when i first started i just wanted to make clothes but today you know we see women even wear hatumba for their wedding mm-hmm. somehow people have even turned hatumba to like when you win outfits like People get their MBAs in hatsum. They when they're graduating, that's what they want to wear. PhD. Yeah. I don't even have a PhD, but people want to wear hatsumba every time <laughs> they are graduating. Maybe they get their PhD, or they yeah. are getting married, or they, you know, they've brought so much meaning to it. And I mean, as someone who is, I mean, I do have my struggles personally. Yeah, it really makes me, you know, want to stay alive. It makes me. It just gives me hope. Like I've learned that. You can just do something that has so much meaning that just gives your life so much hope and, you know, meaning. (laughs) Sounds
0: really great. Okay, I know I said final (laughs) question. Final, (laughs) final question now. Um, This is not even much of a question. It's just like trying to just advise and just encourage other small businesses in the fashion space. So what is that like one word of advice you'd
1: be able to give somebody who's starting up in fashion? Don't stop like don't stop don't stop pushing it no matter how how it looks no matter how small you you don't even i started at tomba with like zero naira like ze- there was literally no money i make mm-hmm. one outfit i wear it everywhere mm-hmm. so somebody wants to buy it <laughs> and then when they buy it, they pay and then i can make two yes. and then post it and then people can buy those two you know so just just keep pushing. You don't even know how close you are to actually breaking through. Just yeah. keep pushing. Put it out there. If you have to like I used to I always tell people, if I have to wear my clothes and go on Freedom Way and hawk it, <laughs> I would do that. Like forget shame. Yeah. Shame is a barrier. Oh, uh, at sweet. first I used to have like, oh my God, ha Jesus, what would people girl? what will people it. think they're going to be dead in <laughs> hundred years doesn't matter like just be shameless about pushing it yeah. and not just on social media in real life on social media everywhere. everywhere just keep pushing it so it's no longer a joke okay
0: thank you so much for coming on the podcast Quarentina. this was a really interesting conversation uh, thank you guys so much for listening to every episode of people and penny and we'll see you in the next episode Bye. Thank you. Bye. Okay.